Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. There's a lot going on in the basketball space right now. Girls basketball heading into the home stretch of the regular season. Boys basketball, a lot going on as well. Uh, you had Mr. Basketball favorites and contenders uh, that that Mark Miller talked about. Uh, I think it was last week in an article. You had Jerry Pettigrew uh, reaching 1,000 career victories. Um, uh, again, just a lot going on in basketball. You've also got some uh, big-time wrestling news. The very first ever WIAA Girls Wrestling Individual State Championships were held over the weekend. Uh, 12 state champions crowned a great event there at the Lacrosse Center. But today our conversations are going to be focused on the release this week of the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame, 30 inductees into the Hall of Fame uh, from high school coaches to college coaches, high school players, former high school players, uh, officials, friends of the game. We're going to have a conversation with a couple of this year's inductees. First up will be WSN founder. Uh, Nicholas Cartos, who also did a lot of work with the WBCA over the years as a communications director previously. And then also Beaver Dam girls basketball coach Tim Chase, who has won three state championships at Beaver Dam and has his team uh, in the top 10 in the most recent Wisports.net coaches poll. So we'll talk to those, uh, those gentlemen coming up here as we celebrate their success and their induction into the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. If you want to find the full inductee list, you can head over to WSN. Again, 30, uh, 30 individuals inducted this year. Before we get to those conversations, we do want to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. And again, our first conversation in just a moment will be with Nicholas Cartos, the, the founder of WSN, the person that hired me at WSN back in 2008. Uh, we'll talk about the history of WSN, a great um, oral history of how WSN got started. Uh, as I mentioned, when I when I talked to Nick, you know, I've kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, we've talked about it, but I think it'll be a great history lesson for people about where we came from and you know, some of the struggles early on, uh, some of the successes, some of the reasons that, that we have become successful, uh, and, and also get an update on what Nick is doing now uh, since he left WSN back in uh, 2015 or 16, uh, I, I believe it was, and uh, just have a, a great chat to catch up. Uh, again, a, a great mentor for me as I uh, came on at WSN and eventually took over as the general manager at WSN. Again, our conversation today is going to focus on the recently announced WBCA Hall of Fame inductees for 2022, and very honored and very thankful uh, for our next guest, who gave me my start at WSN. Going into the Hall of Fame this year, much deserved for his work founding WSN, also many years as the communications director at the WBCA, my good friend Nicholas Cartos. Nick, uh, good to, to chat with you, as always. We, we spent over half an hour chatting before we even got recording. Uh, so good to catch up and thanks for joining us uh, on the WSN podcast today. Yeah, Travis, thanks for having me. Excited to, uh, to catch up. Well, let's, uh, let's dive right into it with some, some deep hitting questions. And, and first of all, you get the, the, uh, the information uh, that, that you're going into the hall of fame in the Wisconsin basketball coaches association this year. What's your reaction? 
you know, what, uh, what does that mean to you as you look back over what you have done so far to, to earn that induction? Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it's a really great honor. I'm really humbled uh, just by the, the opportunity to go in. Um, especially since, you know, I've had that history with WBCA and I've, I've been in those nominating rooms. I mean, for a handful of years, I was the one actually preparing all the profiles and all the data and all the, all the stuff for all the voters. So, um, it's, uh, it's kind of, and then obviously the, the hall of fame, actual physical hall of fame up at the JAG, I, I managed that whole process from finding writers to writing stuff myself, to curating the, the items to, to doing the graphic design. So I, I spent such a, a big part of my life, like with the WBCA and with the hall of fame. Um, so it, it was a great honor and, uh, excited to go in. There's a really good group of coaches and, um, even some people local, I'm from North Fond du Lac, uh, you know, North Fond du Lac's girls coach who's won a few state titles is going in. So that'll be kind of neat. Not only that he'll be there, but there'll be other, other people from my hometown there. So that's pretty, pretty nice. And, uh, yeah, you know, I feel a little young, I guess would maybe be the only other caveat. I don't know. I am in my early forties and, and I generally there's not too many people in their early forties that get inducted to hall of fames or, or unless you were a player, I guess. Um, but, uh, on the flip side, you know, we, we did a lot of work in those like 15, 20 years with, uh, with WSN and the WBCA. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a trip, but I'm definitely humbled and just very honored to be a part of it. Well, certainly want people to, uh, to, you know, buckle in and, and, uh, get some popcorn ready. Cause we're going to spend a lot of time today with Nick talking about kind of the, the history of WSN. We've talked about it at different times. Nick's talked about it, but. You know, I think this would be a great opportunity to almost do a little bit of an oral history of, of how WSN started and, and look back over the years. And speaking of buckling in, we want to make sure that we remind everybody to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, Nick, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of work backwards or, or forwards, I guess, as it were. Um, but let's, let's start at the beginning, the very beginning of WSN, yeah. which launched in 2002. Take us through that origin story, what it, what went into <laughs> yeah. it, where the, where the idea came from. And of course, as many people know, the, the, the old timers, if you will, started as wishhoops.net back in the day. So beginnings of WSN, take us through it. Yeah. Um, origin story, man. I, I like, I need a Marvel thing going on here or something. Um, so basically, you know, after college, um, I had worked at a company in, in Madison called Sonic Foundry and, uh, was going to work there when I graduated college and halfway through my senior year, I was working there full time during college also. And halfway through my senior year, uh, there was the dot-com crash and they weren't a dot-com, but a bunch of their customers were or something. I don't know. I was like, my, like I was 21. <laughs> um, but everybody, uh, half the company got laid off. And so I got laid off and, and because of the dot-com crash, um, uh, jobs weren't hiring. There wasn't a lot of opportunity. All the people, I, I went to university of Wisconsin uh, business school, all the recruiters weren't recruiting anymore. And so, um, settled into a job in town, which I guess the best way I could describe it was like the movie office space, um, with like Milton and the stapler and the bobs and, and yeah, TPS reports. Like that was my job. Um, I had three bosses. Like I went, I came in the side door every day to like avoid walking by any of their offices. It was just mind numbing, horrible work. 
everybody that worked there was looking for another job, just the worst culture ever. Um, so anyway, I, I was trying to get a job as a web developer. Um, and ironically, it's obviously very hard to hire those nowadays. Back then, it was very hard to get a job doing web development. And in Madison in particular, uh, a lot of the problem was that you would get people that would graduate college, go to Chicago, wherever, get a job, and then come back to Madison when they're a little older and want to settle down. And those were kind of the people I was going up against for those roles. And so, you know, basically a lot of the feedback was, well, you don't have enough in your portfolio. You need more examples. I did a lot of dev work at Sonic Foundry, but all of it was, um, all of it was on their intranet. So I couldn't like share it with anyone. So um, a couple different things, I guess there wasn't one like aha moment or lightning bolt, but um, I, I played high school basketball. Uh, my, uh, one of my really good friends, Scott Yeager, uh, was a, a college basketball player after high school and he, he played at Marion College and I always felt like he was under-recruited. I always felt like, you know, people, people not, not enough people saw him and he didn't get out there uh, because of the coverage and everything else. And I always thought he could have he went bigger. He, he was a four-year all-conference player at Marion. Um, and, you know, and because of like following him, I got to know D3 Hoops a little bit. That was a website that had like a really big message board and like a really big community going on. I also had a former coach, Tony Draves, who was like a college coach after coaching in high school. And, you know, he would talk about how they had to subscribe to all these newspapers because like if they wanted to keep up with a recruit, um, you know, they, they wanted to like drop it, you know, drop them a note or a call and be like, hey, good game last night or whatever. They would have no way of having that information. And then I guess probably the last piece was just like, was always a big fan of the Wisconsin basketball yearbook. Um, Mark Miller and his publication, obviously I didn't know Mark Miller back then. Um, uh, I was in the, I was in the basketball yearbook twice. Um, one time I was Nick Cartage and one time I was Nike Cantos um, because <laughs> my coach, uh, my coach, Randy Gorski had historically horrible handwriting. And um, so I was in it as a player twice, but never uh, with my correct spelling of my name. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I always thought like if there was a way to bring that book to life, you know, and it was kind of those, that, that group of things. And so I got out just developing it and I'm like, look, this is going to be simple. I'm going to copy, I'm gonna, I, I literally copied ESPN.com, like the design of ESPN.com because, you know, why recreate the wheel? And I was like, I'm going to enter in all the schedules and we're going to have, we're just going to do scores and standings and, you know, people are going to be able to keep up with it. And, uh, and see what happens. We'll have a message board, who, you know, and who knows, right? And um, there was a, a fella, Jason Kiley, in town who had some connections in Cuba City. He was a former player at Cuba City. Um, he happened to be the bartender at a bar I would go to a lot. Uh, and, you know, he would always talk about wanting to get more involved in basketball. And so, you know, he kind of came along the journey. Um, my roommate, Kevin Pings, at the time started helping out. And, uh, and started, you know, just launched it just to see what happened. I had this, this crap job and, and the whole point of this whole thing was like, let's go get it. Like, I'm going to get hired as a web developer somewhere through this, through this mess. And, uh, it just got really popular. I mean, I remember sitting around the computer. I remember refreshing the stats. Like it wasn't even like the, the, the nice tools we have now, but whatever stats we like hacked together. Um, and you know, oh my God, a hundred people signed up. Oh my God, 500 people signed up. But all of a sudden there were 7,000 members of our message board and, and, uh, you know, all these other problems we weren't even expecting, <laughs> like, um, you know, people getting mad about what other people said and everything else. And, 
and whatever. But we tri- we tripped through that first year. Um, I left my job. I tried to stay part time, but they wouldn't allow me to. Um, and uh, I got a couple thousand dollars from my dad and a couple thousand dollars from my brother in law, and and uh, found a couple sponsors. Our, our very first sponsor was actually uh, just the game Fieldhouse. It, technically, it was Sports Impressions. Uh, but Dave Dave Royston, I guess I'll count it because he said, you know, I'll sponsor you if you can get another sponsor. <laughs> So he, he was the first sponsor, but I had a, a caveat that I had to find a second one before he would give us any money. Um, but yes, yeah, so we just figured it out and pulled it together. And, uh, you know, by the end of that year, we had an office. Um, we had three employees. Um, you know, things were seemingly on the up and up. Um, I will say that same year, uh, the office building we ended up getting, this is kind of another just interesting side story. But um, one day in my office, and this is after like dealing with, you know, cause like there was no filter. So like, you know, this person said this online, this person said this about this player and like probably nobody had more stuff talked about them than Wesley Matthews, who was like a freshman at the time at Madison Memorial. And so I'm in my office one day and like the office manager comes up, he's like, Hey, I'd like you to meet. We have this intern here. Uh, he's helping out just odd jobs around the office. And he said he plays basketball. His name's Wesley Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I, you, my face probably turned like ghost white because I was just like so embarrassed because like I didn't know what to say to him because like I knew that like all these people are like talking crap on our message board <laughs> and and we're trying to police it but we don't know how because it's like so new and everything else but uh, just like a total of like random uh, random occurrence there so I was like oh my god nice so nice to meet you and like I'm so sorry that people are jerks on our message board. Um, but yeah, so that kind of brought us to the end of that year. And, um, there was a video production company in town called when we are young productions and they had a product of filming games and selling DVDs. And they actually bought us after that first year. And, um, we joined their team. They invested in us. I mean, I had these like old crappy servers cause you used to have to actually own your own servers. Um, but I had these old ones that I pieced together from my, my, my Sonic Foundry days. And, um, bought us all new servers. We got to beef up the staff. We brought in Rick Hamilton, who, who was a good friend of mine from high school, who ended up being a very long time employee. Uh, Chris LaBarton, who was a writer from the state journal, uh, uh, Nick Murphy, Joe Farnkrug developers, Gabe Krams was a developer for us. So just all these great people that we brought in and it was just amazing. Right. So like they changed their video product from like selling DVDs to like doing highlight packages for like football teams and basketball teams. And, and in that year, like we, after every week, we had 20 NFL film style highlights on our website. And this was like in 2003 or 2004. So way, way, way before it's time. Uh, but it was just amazing. Right. And then kind of at the end of those nine months or at, at the end of that basketball season, I actually found out the week of the state tournament, we found out that um, all of those highlights were amazing, but we were losing money and losing money hand over fist. And um, so we had to essentially stop, you know, defund the company. And I had a choice to just walk away or to get the company back. And so I chose to get the company back. Um, you know, he gave me the stock back. I gave him the stock back. He ended up doing amazing. Like what he did ended up turning into play on sports and NFHS network. So he figured out the right way to do things. Um, that was Tim, I course, and he was, he was an amazing business partner and is just a great guy, but so he did all right. But then, yeah, I got the company back. Um, it was an interesting state tournament. Uh, we were hosting a, a social for all the coaches. Um, we, we had, we did a deal with a bar in Madison to 
uh, you know, to exp- exposure and advertising in exchange for the bar tab that night. And, you know, it was eight people who basically were just getting fired. So <laughs> we had a fun time that night, but it was kind of a, a tough road ahead. And, and to speed it up a little bit, basically got the company back. Everybody had to go get jobs. We kept on two employees. I got a full-time job somewhere else. I did that for a couple of years, um, decided to leave that and try, you know, kind of, you know, put forth the effort, um, you know, to, to do something bigger. Um, that was when we hired Mark Miller, which was just a huge, amazing boon for the company and just legitimizes it, gave us a new revenue stream in the yearbook. I mean, it was just amazing. Um, and so Mark Miller and like Rick was working, I think at the time and, uh, took out a bank loan and just was going to go for it. And basically, uh, TDS telecom, um, a local telephone company, they're kind of bigger. They're in about 30 States total. They, they were trying to figure out a way to, to be more in touch with their users and to, and to use content to be, um, to drive eyeballs and revenue and everything else. And, they bought us and, and they were going to do a WSN in all 32 states they had. And we were able to beef back up the staff and everything. And kind of like six months after buying us, they kind of changed their mind. It is what it is. They just changed their strategy. Uh, but we were basically under uh, TDS for, uh, I think, four years. That's when we hired Travis. Um, that's when we hired some other people that were there for a long time. I know. Um, I mean, God, there's so many amazing people that have worked for us over the years. John Linder, Adam Krebs, I can go on and on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so at TDS, trying to find a play, a way to kind of, you know, grow the company and get somewhere else. Um, I met the sports engine people, um, just through some diligence I was doing in the, in the, just who out there could buy us, who out there could, you know, utilize what we're building. Cause at the time you know, we're building quite a big network. We switched from Wiss hoops to Wiss sports. We added all these sports. We had a subscription service that was going great. We had advertising, you know, things were going pretty good. And so. Sports engine, Sport Engine acquired us from TDS Telecom. Um, that's the third acquisition, if you're keeping track. Um, and uh, and then we went to Sports Engine, and that's kind of, you know, more or less where we are today. Or you know, we went to Sports Engine. Um, I eventually left four years after that. Travis uh, stayed in control of WSN. Sports Engine eventually, you know, sold it over to VNN, where it is now. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy to think that I, I was trying to get a job as a web developer, and 20 years later with sports is still going strong and, and people love it. We've been able to, you know, promote high school basketball in a positive way, um, really celebrate all of the athletes and the coaches in a, in a, in a, in a positive way, help kids get scholarships, everything else. So um, kind of fast forwarded through those last little parts, but definitely, definitely awesome to see uh, what, what we built uh, still, uh, still around and going strong. We're continuing our conversation with Nicholas Cartos, the founder of WSN and a 2022 WBCA Hall of Fame member. You know, anytime you start a business or start something new, you got to have a combination of some some luck and some hard work and the right people in the right places and all those different things. Uh, you, you went through a lot of that early history. Are, are there some key moments in the development or the the course of WSN that that really changed? the the future for what WSN would become um, that as you look back at now are, are kind of those, those, uh, those key points in the development of WSN. Yeah. I mean, I think you want me to say Harry and Travis Wilson, but I won't go there yet. <laughs> no, um, no, not, I was not fishing um, for that at all. I, I swear. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, I mean, honestly, I think in the beginning, um, 
my background, uh, you know, what I learned at Sonic Foundry, what I learned in college, I learned how to, you know, develop code, you know, computer program. I learned how to build servers. Um, you know, I mentioned that, um, you, you know, now you can literally just go Amazon web services and build a website and it's like 50 bucks and you're like all good. Like we had literal physical computers that were like really big and I had to go put them somewhere. Um, and then on top of that, like we had an old, um, one of our old service providers um, is local to Madison, uh, Jeff Funk. and He owns Funk's Pub and it does a lot of other things, computer stuff still. But he had a computer company, a hosting company that did dial-up accounts. And he had these huge, uh, um, you know, he had a DS3 to Chicago, a DS3 through Minnesota. That's essentially just a huge data pipe. And I went to him and I want, you know, I need, I need to host my site. And he's like, well, I'm like, how much does it cost? Because like right now, I had my own servers, which was good, but my lowest quote was five grand a month, right? 22-year-old me did not have five a month. He's like, well, what could you pay? I'm like, I don't know, a hundred bucks? He's like, okay. He was, <laughs> he was just like, you know, look, I have, to, I have to pay for these things anyways. They don't cost any more or less. You know, I'm only utilizing about 10% of them for this like dial-up traffic. And so like the combination of me not having to pay a developer, not having to buy servers, and like finding this like unbelievable person to um, cut us a break and cut us some slack, essentially, like WSN would have never got launched, like just period, if it wasn't for that. Um, you know, from there, I mean, I, you know, I do look at the hiring of Mark Miller, um, bringing on the yearbook. I look at when we brought in Laura Ritchie and we acquired Wisconsin Preps Illustrated. Um, you know, not only was that an amazing magazine, we changed it to WSN Illustrated. Um, Laura was just amazing. She was an amazing salesperson, just a great uh, addition to the team. Um, you know, the magazine in a weird way helped legitimize us because people were still scared of buying like online advertising. And so the fact that we could like also pair it with like a physical thing was actually pretty helpful. Um, so that was great. You know, I, I, you know, no, no lie, bring it in you. Um, not initially, um, but I mean, eventually the way you grew into that football role and really gave us like, a, like a, a, a somebody to run aside Mark Miller and really push. Um, Cause that was something we tried. I mean, we tried to hire a girls basketball writer. We tried to hire a baseball writer. We tried to hire softball. We tried to hire hockey. We tried to do all these other sports. And really the only two that took initially were football and basketball and, and boy and men's basketball, boys basketball. Eventually we did bring on Norbert Durst, which was like another great, um, you know, point for the company. He was able to really drive basketball up Um but, and for what it's worth too, I mean, like I, the people that we hired for those roles and whatever, it's not like we hired them with like some amazing paying job, right? Like, you know, we were trying to be frugal and, you know, we didn't have a big budget. So it was more like, come right. You can get a you know percentage of this or upside of that. And so like, I understand why some of those things didn't work out, but, but yeah, so, you know, bringing in that great talent, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the TDS time um, wasn't what we wanted, but on the flip side, we really learned how to run a business. Um, I, we had a great mentor there. Or I did. I had a great mentor there and Don Stefan and uh, really taught, taught me a lot that I use today around sales and just running a business and, you know, having the finances figured out and all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, like all those things mattered. Um, the WBCA, I mean, that's another one, honestly, like the, the very first, the first year we were around, I went into, I walked into the WBCA and I, I, I begged them to let us do their website for free. <laughs> like, um, please let us do your website for free. And, and, you know, and that obviously turned into this amazing partnership where um, I know I personally got involved, but WSN was involved. And, you know, we had the things with managing their all state and their voting for things and, 
And that helped us get those, uh, you know, sort of mandates to get people to enter in stats and all that. So just all those things matter. And just, I don't know, there's a lot of little things too. Like at the beginning, we literally subscribed to every newspaper in the state. You know, so like, um, you know, not having any shame of walking into your P.O. box and having the mailmen hate you because they don't know where to stack all these papers uh, because it didn't uh, fit into your P.O. box. Um, you know, so just there's a lot of just different things over the years that I think, um, you know, really helped. Uh, I think at one point I wrote something, too, about like Brian Butch. And like the fact that like he his star, like when he was like a, when he was getting recruited. And he was like a national recruit um, that really helped us get on like the map, so to speak. And I don't even remember. I think we might've even broke that, that his commitment to Wisconsin. I kind of remember that we did. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but um, I know we did break it. I know, um, you know, newspapers would never really take us seriously. Um, I know one time we broke a recruit, uh, a recruiting story. And um, I think it was the Wisconsin state journal said, according to an internet website, <laughs> and like, I quote, so they said, I literally said, according to an internet website. So like they could have said, according to the internet, they could have said, according to a website, they said, according to an internet website, they should have said, according to wisports.net. So, um, you know, eventually getting that credibility, eventually getting in the newspapers, getting partnerships with the newspapers. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot. I, I feel like I've gone on 15 different tangents from your question, but just a lot of different things that helped uh, get us to where, where we are today or where it is today. We, we both have, have, uh, come to to know many great people in the, the prep sports industry and one of them certainly is rob hernandez our, our good friend that used to be the sports uh director prep sports uh director at the wisconsin state journal uh, i i remember as well um what was it the i think it was a year that we we released the football pairings before the wia did officially um they had sent them out to schools to review or something and we got a hold of them and posted them and then they had to review them and it Cause kind of an issue. I remember Rob, uh, <laughs> what do you call us? Any, any Tom, Dick and Harry with a website, something like that, I think was, uh, was what he had used. Of course now, uh, Rob's a good friend of mine and a, a person that I mentor, but yeah, I mean, even when I started in 2008, we were still, you know, kind of grasping for legitimacy in, in a lot of ways. And, uh, it's, it's been fun to go through that process and that path to know, to now where we, you know, we are that recognized expert um, in high school sports, whether it's our, our individual staff members, uh, Norbert and Mark do a great job, of course, or just in general, our business. And also do have to uh, make sure that we give a shout out to our, our good friend, Marlon Lee, who uh, passed away. Um, I forget which, uh, what year it was, but uh, a great, a great friend that kind of started the football coverage a little bit. And then when he had moved away and eventually had, had gotten sick, I took over his role and in, uh, in the, in the football space, but do have to give a, certainly a shout out to the late Marlon Lee as well for the work that he did kind of getting things started in football also. Oh yeah. I mean, in the end, I, I feel embarrassed that I even forgot to mention that, but yeah, no, Marlon was amazing and like really groundbreaking. I mean, like, there's like, it's like a, a thing now, like, oh, the recruiting expert is younger and whatever. I mean, he was literally like 18, 19 years old writing football for us. He got to know us because he was one of the amazing people that we had on our message board. Uh, our message board, for the record, complete tangent again, like it has spawned lifelong friendships. I mean, like, I, like people still get together. People still chat. People are friends with each other on Facebook. I don't think anybody got married or anything, but like our message board 
has spawned like like just those kids that were like sophomores in high school when we launched. I mean, that's really cool. And Marlon was one of those kids, and he became this amazing football analyst, football writer. Um, you you know, you talk about early stage. You know, Mark did the basketball yearbook. We decided to do a football yearbook called the Gridiron Guide. Um, unfortunately, never got it to you know to that level that he got it. Um, but anyways. I remember there was a weekend where Marlon slept on my couch and like 24 seven, we just took turns in four hour shifts, entering in football rosters into uh, Adobe, whatever InDesign or illustrator, or whatever it was an illustrator. But anyways, um, I think it was page maker. Cause that's how long ago it was. Uh, but you know, I remember spending that weekend with him, just plugging in schedules, plugging in scores, plugging in stats, whatever. And uh, so he was just super dedicated. And yeah, obviously uh, just horrible. Uh, you know, the, the, I mean, cancer sucks and everybody, you know, that's just, uh, really sad. And, uh, you know, we, he wasn't working with us at the time. Um, but that definitely was, is, was, you know, really unfortunate and, uh, and sad, but yeah, he, he was amazing. He was groundbreaking. Um, he was good too. He was a damn good evaluator of talent. Um, I don't know how he got filmed because again, no, I mean, the internet wasn't like, you couldn't just go on YouTube and watch stuff. So like, he got, you know, convinced people to send him VHS tapes and everything else. And, and, uh, so yeah, just, he, he was amazing and, uh, definitely a huge part of the WSN history. Again, our conversation with Nicholas Cartos continues, uh, founder of WSN and hall of fame inductee for the WBCA this year. Um, I've talked to a lot of people and I know you've talked to a lot of people and you've been around in, in different areas a little bit more even than I have, but you know, you hear from coaches that coach in other States and, and they're like, gosh, I can't believe that what you guys do, uh, you, there's nothing like what you do here. Um, you know, often replicated, not duplicated, uh, but we do feel like even still today, what we do at WSN is very unique throughout the country. There's, uh, as we've talked about, and, and you've said, there's places where there's somebody doing a really great job with written content and, and they're the sports expert or they're the high school sports expert in a state or in an area. Maybe there's somewhere that they have a great database of stats or information, but to have the two melded together, the way that we do at WSN, the way that you set it up and created that many years ago really hasn't been done. And the question we always get, and I'm sure you get it or think about it is why, why, why have, why do we continue to be so unique in the prep sports space in the entire country? Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting. You know, and actually another good one is, uh, I, I got to know Andy Beal, who was the founder of Max Preps. And for a while there, you know, we were kind of like enemies. <laughs> so like Max Preps would actually do like, uh, they would create crawlers and scripts to crawl our website and steal the scores. Um, so like, you know, you can go to Max Preps and see the football scores, but it was because like they built something to basically crawl our website. And this is at the time, I don't know what they do today. Um, you know, they, they would crawl our website to grab the scores. Oh, <laughs> um, and, 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 then and we like started, too, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> and then we, uh, and then we created, like, we, we would start, like, we started doing stuff in our code that would like essentially feed them fake store scores. So that was kind of funny, but like, I got to know Andy like over the years and like, it's just, you know, he's, he gives us great praise as well. Just like, yeah, you know, we can never, we can never solve Wisconsin because of your, you know, your impact there and what you guys built and, and it's real. And I think, you know, where we really came in, I think where I was right on something was that local coverage was local coverage. And I never wanted to go against local coverage and I never wanted to do local coverage. I mean, 
I think some of the newspapers were afraid of us, but I was never trying to like, I was never trying to go to a local game and write a game story, right? Like that was never what we were trying to do. On the flip side, you had national recruiting publications or national recruiting websites, but they only focused on like the top 10% or not even the top 10%, like probably like the top 2%. Because really they would only focus on kids that were going to college, like D1 colleges in football or basketball. And so where I stood is like, okay, there's this huge opportunity in the middle of that because you play in a state, your state has a statewide tournament. Um, you know, you generally play against all these kids in the summer, you play against them all, you know, during the season, whatever. Um, why, why don't we cover, why did the, why doesn't our coverage, um, you know, point of view be the state who are the top 10 teams in the state, who are the top 50 basketball players in the state, you know, and, and really hammer home that statewide focus. Um, who, you know, what are the best matchups this week in the state? And I think that's really, you know, what made it unique and what made it different and, and what made it popular because, you know, you already knew if you were the best player in your conference, like you want to know how you stack up against everyone else, you know? And I, I think that's really, you know, something that made um, people want to come, made people want to contribute. Um, you know, if we, if we ranked the top 50 scorers and, you know, in the beginning, we really didn't even do stats and then we just did points. And then we eventually kind of, you know, factor some stuff in, but if we do points and we have the top 50 scorers in the state and your kid is averaging 20 points a game and should be number 11 and he's not on there, you know, you're going to get on your coach and they're going to enter. So like kind of doing it in that, in that point of view was really huge. And then in a way, like kind of the newspaper is like, you know, getting acquired and acquired by somebody else and, and shrinking their staffs and having robots write articles and everything else, um, you know, shortening their pages, like not doing prep coverage at all, whatever it is, um, you know, just having those standings and stuff. I mean, that's huge as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's the place to go to check that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely is unique. There's a few things now that are, are kind of picking up on our lead, you know, that are, are national publications and they are state focused and they are sport focused and, and I think that's a good way to go with the content, uh, but then they don't have the stats and all that stuff. So, so yeah, definitely unique. And I think that's kind of wise because we took that state state point of view. One of the, uh, the, the things that you mentioned helped grow WSN early on and this was people have to remember, this is pre social media, pre Facebook, pre Twitter, pre everything um, was the message board. It became the place to go to, to talk about or find out about other teams in your area, other teams around the state, uh, as you as you alluded to, sometimes you know there were some challenges in moderating those discussions. Um, but if you you know if you wanted to 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 talk with someone or interact with somebody, that was the way to do it. Was a message board, and I, I think you know people today don't even know what a message board is probably, but uh, we still have one. It, it's still going. It's not as active as it used to be, obviously, but. Uh, like you said, there's still a lot of people that have been around for a long time that know each other, interact with each other. I've met many of the message board posters, uh, Steve Landowski, uh, I am Longball uh, on our message board as my insurance agent. You know, like like you said, that was very important to the to the to the early development. But you know, the best you can keeping it you know PG for our audience. I mean, what are some of those those early message board stories? I, I know you've talked about them before of, uh, you know, things taking off or, you know, conversations or discussions or <laughs> that maybe turned a little heated. Oh man. To be honest with you, I think I've blocked them all from my memory. Cause like those weren't fun times. 
uh, you know, getting on the phone with an administrator and trying to explain to them whatever. And um, some schools blocked our domain, um, you know, so like some schools blocked with sports.net because of it. Um, I think we eventually like found a workaround by having like the message board have a different domain or something. Um, so, you know, and, and honestly, the other thing is like, if I wasn't like, you know, like a, a naive, you know, like a, a naive 22 year old or 23 year old or whatever, if I would have been smart, I would have been like, oh my God, people want to connect with each other on the internet. I should go build Facebook. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> instead, I was just like worried very much about like getting more stats in our website and stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't remember anything in particular, I guess, or nothing surfacing to mind. I mean, you know, it's a lot of crap. You know, this person said this about whatever, or this person said this about their coach. I mean, parents would go on our message board and trash talk coaches. That was obviously one of the worst ones, uh, you know, whenever anyone would threaten violence or whatever. And like the dumb thing about it is like, we did kind of get this like scarlet letter of like, oh, that's the site with the message board. And even like, you know, I think the WIA and some other places like, like were hesitant to work with us because of it. But then like in a couple of years, like, you know, there was commenting on every article. It's like Madison.com or State Journal or, or excuse me, a, a Journal Sentinel or anyone. If they wrote an article, there was comments after it. And then those comments ended up being way worse than anything on our message board. So like, you know, I think, you know, we, we did a good job. I mean, our, our policy was that if you wanted something deleted for any reason, we will delete it. There's no argument from us. If you, if somebody is offended by it, that's all we need to delete it. That, you know, we're trying to promote the positive of high school sports. Um, high school sports should be all about positivity. It shouldn't be, it's not the pros. It's not the college. You don't go on the web and, and, you know, insult the coach for doing this or that, or insult a player for missing a shot or getting a turnover. Like that's not what high school sports is about. And so, um, you know, if anything, I think it helped us really like hone in on that mission and just, you know, try to keep things positive. And again, not everything was negative with the message board either. As we talked about, there were a lot of great relationships that were born out of that. Uh, the message board users nobody, on our site. Yeah. Nobody argued uh, about private schools ever. That, <laughs> right, was never, right. that was never argued on there either about private schools and, and basketball tournaments. I'm sure that was yeah. never talked about either. But Never. Nope. Um, <laughs> But, you know, people made connections and, and you know, they take great pride in, in a, the, the people that have been on our message board for a while. They, there's still a message board. There's a WSN Hall of Fame administered by our message board users um, to recognize, you know, people that, that post on our site that do it uh, respectfully and responsibly. And uh, so it, it has turned into some, some good things as well. Uh, it's also been interesting to see over the years we're entering, this will be our 20th anniversary in 2022 later this year november was it november 18th i think was uh, always the official date that that we used as the 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 launch of wsn so we're coming up on 20 years this year um you know the number of people that have now cycled through where they grew up and they were on our site as players and now they're coaches doing outstanding things. And now that second generation is coming through. Even uh, Dupree Fletcher jr. Is one of the top players in the state in the sophomore class. His father Dupree Fletcher was an outstanding player at Milwaukee King, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Best, in, uh, best, uh, the, the, I think he was the most competitive player I've ever seen in person at a state tournament. He was amazing that year. They won. Um, I think even the year he lost, he was pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, no, that's, don't even bring that up. I have like high school, high school classmates that have kids that have already, that are on WSN and are ranked and 
have graduated already. It just makes me feel old, Travis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it has been an incredible journey. Um, you know, as, as you look back over the time that you were at WSN and, and involved in the, the prep sports scene on a day-to-day basis, the incredible games that you got to see the athletes, you mentioned, you know, the rise of Wes Matthews and Brian Butch becoming a national recruit, And you go forward to, to some of the football players that were high level recruits, John Clay and Josh Oglesby and JJ Watt and, and all these different guys. What are some things that stand out to you? Moments, games, plays, athletes, situations that, that as you look back at your time at WSN really stand out. Oh man, so many. And that, you know, and it's just for what it's worth. I mean, you know, when we were doing, when I was doing WSN, it just never felt like I had a job, right. It was just, you know, I never made much money. I mean, that was probably, you know, the reason I'm not doing it anymore, but um, you know, the, the, it was just always a joy. And even when you were working, it was fun. And um, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, I interviewed JJ Watt as a high school junior for gosh sakes, you know, and um, you know, watching those games, watching Sam Decker hit the, the fadeaway three, um, you know, I remember I was in the WBCA suite. I was standing next to Joe Boucher, who is a mentor of mine. And, um, and also our, like I was our attorney, but I remember, I remember just shoving him because <laughs> like, it was so exciting. Like, uh, it was just like such an amazing moment. Um, you know, I, Catholic Memorial had an amazing buzzer beater. I remember at the state tournament when we were there, um, yeah, you know, just got to see so much, so many amazing games and players and, um, you know, just the, really the people too. I mean, getting to know the coaches, getting to know, um, some of the parents, even, uh, it was, you know, I, I'll never forget, you know, like it, it was really the best, um, just, especially cause like, you know, these people are just like trying to help kids, you know, and trying to help young men and women uh, be better people. Yes. Be better athletes. And sure. Some of them get to college, but it's so much more than that. Right. And, and these coaches, I mean, I don't know, even if if they do get paid, you know, they're probably making like two bucks an hour, 50 cents an hour, you know, and I even think back to my high school coach, right? Like he, he busted his butt for us and he would buy us McDonald's sometimes when we would go to the gym at six in the morning to do our our plyometrics or whatever, our our strength training, Um, you know, like, just great, great people. And like, I think I remember that most of all. And, and honestly, just one of the things I miss most of all, you know, just not only going to the games, but hanging out afterwards and just, you know, I, I could sit there forever and just hear, listen to stories about the about basketball or, you know, we mentioned before we, we went on the air here, the hall of fame and stuff, you know, being in those hall of fame meetings with all of these legendary coaches who are on the hall of fame committee, and hearing their stories about all of these players and these coaches is just, it's just amazing. Right. And, um, you know, just being a fan of the game to be able to, to do that for a time and to be able to be a part of, um, not, not creating the history, but I guess documenting the history, um, was just something that was just unbelievable. And, um, yeah, you know, Jared, Jared Aberderis, uh, Watoma football in the state championship game. I don't remember. He's just running all over the place, throwing all over the place. Uh, John Clay at the state tournament, just trucking people. <laughs> you know, like I still don't know how he's not like in the NFL. Um, you know, I mean, just yeah. And you, you mentioned some of the basketball players, Michael Flowers. I, you know, we we got the pleasure of of being in Madison, and I lived in Monona 
And so we ended up getting to know the La Follette coaches really well. And so we spent a lot of, I personally spent a lot of time around La Follette basketball, um, in my, in my WSN heyday and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, Eric and Greg and, and Reggie and all those guys and just seeing some of their teams and just some of the amazing athletes they had. And then obviously we got to have a front receipt to all of the success of Memorial and, um, so yeah, I just really blessed uh, all the different athletes and players and, and, and that game activity we got to see. And, you know, sometimes in these early days, you know, I mentioned when we had those NFL film style things, um, we had to go film all that. <laughs> so, like, so like we had like 20 people that would like, you know, and you would just like, you know, what's my assignment? Oh no, I have to go to like Marshfield or not that Marshfield's bad. It's just really far away from Madison. So like, you know, you're driving up to film a game and then you're driving home and you're getting home at midnight and, and whatever. I remember one time we were, uh, me and Kevin Pings went to go film a game. Uh, I think it was at, it was Notre Dame against somebody, but it was at Wausau East. And I remember a, a truck coming the other way down the highway, like, uh, like a F-250 ran over a deer. <laughs> like, I remember that. I remember that pretty vividly. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, it's like, we just going all over the place and, and seeing games. I remember one time I did a, uh, I did, uh, I went to lacrosse, Eau Claire, Green Bay, Fond du Lac, and then home. I did five nights in a row of like filming games. That was after that was post. That was just for highlights for just core with sports or with hoops. So it, it was, it was just an amazing time and, and a lot of fun, uh, being able to, to witness all that and document it for everyone. You know, one of my main regrets um, at WSN is that in the course of changing, um, you know, offices and storage and formats and all these different things, we we lost a lot of that or almost all of that video history that we had at one point. Um, we've got some few tape. We got a few tapes around. I mean, we've got that interview you did with JJ Watt. It's up on YouTube and Nick Toon that year, and maybe Oglesby at a media day. We've got J.J. Watt playing high school basketball. We've got, uh, I think it was Madison Memorial in La Follette, maybe, uh, from when Matthews, I, I think Matthews was there, but Keaton Nankville was like a freshman and the Flowers were there. We've got a very limited number of all those thousands and thousands of hours and hundreds and hundreds of games. That's one of my biggest regrets is that we were not able to, to keep as much of that as, as we would have liked. Um, it would have been great to have that, that history and that documentation. Of course, now everything's on Huddle or YouTube, and you know people can find it a lot easier. But uh, yeah, back in the yeah. day, it was it was a much. We were robbed. Process. Were, were you there when we were robbed, or is that pre-Travis? I, I think that was before my time. <laughs> yeah, like that that office building on Monona Drive next to McDonald's, which, by the way, not great for your diet to to work right next door to McDonald's. <laughs> no, it, it was may not. seem it may seem pretty awesome at first, but it's definitely not good for your diet. No, like uh, somebody, uh, yeah, somebody robbed the entire building. I actually went uh, the morning of a Badger football game. I just went in because I had to do something quick at the office. Actually, I think I had to enter in stats. Um, and uh, I went at like eight in the morning and the glass was broke and they stole our camera. And I don't, that's not why all the, all the video is, is gone, but they did steal our camera and some tapes. Um, you know, so that wasn't, that wasn't a great moment in WSN history. They, they got into our office. We deadbolted our office, but um, our neighbors uh, didn't deadbolt their door. And then we had a connecting door because this is like an old, old office building. 
we had a connecting door between their office and ours and they didn't deadbolt that on their side or something. I don't know. They, they got it your office. Yeah. All sorts of random stuff happened, but uh, yeah, it, 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 I always think about that. I mean, you know, we probably have 40 hours of Wesley Matthew dunk highlights. You know, <laughs> like, um, I, I, I remember filming JJ Watt. I remember filming like, you know, various um, badger recruits and, and people that went on to play in the NFL and, and, um, and like you said, sometimes it was them playing basketball, not football. I remember, I remember filming Rick Wagner and, and him like just dunking all over the place for West Dallas Hale. Um, yeah, obviously he became a, a right tackle in the, in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I wish some of that stuff was still around. It was definitely, I have hard drives miscellaneous, but not a lot of video because those, those, those files were so big. I have a lot of pictures still, um, but, um, but yeah, not a lot of video, unfortunately. And you talk about some of those games and players, and and we did a WSN 15 uh, series a couple of years ago when we celebrated our 15th anniversary in 2017. Which, how was that five years ago? Number one, um, but uh, you know we did top 15 players, top 15 moments, top 15 teams. We we might have to revisit that as we celebrate our 20th anniversary this year. We'll see. Uh, Nick, it's it's been a wide ranging conversation. We've we've gone down a lot of paths. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I want to give you a chance to to update people on is what you've been up to since leaving WSN. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 2016 or 17 that you had that you had moved on? Um, but what have what have you been up to since then? What are you doing now? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to. Yeah, I was around then, and actually, too, before I even get there, you know, because I got I'm not. Um, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity for me to be in the media anymore. But like. I, I would just like to thank all those, all the people that work for us, um, all those people that are on the message board, all those super fans, the parents, the coaches, um, you know, people like Jerry Pettigrew, who, you know, was hugely influential to our company and really helped us by giving us a chance. And then, you know, expanding our responsibility. Deb Hauser at the WIA was always such a, a friend and, a, and a, um, somebody that would help us and push for us. Um, you know, even way back. I think Doug Chickering was my very first email I ever sent. It's like a Wiss Hoops employee. Um, you know, Dick Rundle was pretty nice to us. And then obviously Dan, uh, you know, Dan Brunner has been great to, you know, from the WFCA. So there's just been so many people, um, you know, that, that we have to thank for kind of where we are and, and, and everything. But yeah, since WSN, um, I, I, I left Sports Engine, uh, Sports Engine acquired WSN, obviously, as I mentioned, and I left there to start a company, um, in uh, yeah, the spring of, uh, or, or excuse me, fall of 2016, uh, 2015, actually, um, essentially it was called Jim Dandy. It was, it was around, uh, scheduling and, uh, uh, managing and booking facility rentals. Um, and, you know, unfortunately gave it a go. Uh, it's still a huge problem. It's very difficult to, to manage and book athletic fields and gyms and court time and ice time and everything else. Uh, but unfortunately just, you know, I think we were a little too early with our solution. We were able to get, um, you know, some pretty decent clients, but just weren't able to, you know, get, get big enough to keep, to keep it going. And then since then, um, worked at a couple of different companies that were kind of in the sport engine orbit right now. I work at league apps as a director of product. Um, you know, league apps is essentially a company that helps power youth sports. So, um, you know, youth soccer clubs and baseball clubs and hockey clubs and, and every, everyone else, anyone that runs youth sports programming, they can utilize, you know, league apps for, um, you know, their, their collecting of registrations for scheduling. They have an app, all those good things. So it's kind of what I'm doing now. And uh, yeah, you know, but definitely 
definitely, you know, miss uh, what you get to still do. So <laughs> a, little, a little jealous. It's, it's, uh, it's not quite as fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I still get to, I still get to be involved in sports and for that, I'm definitely grateful. Um, you know, to think I, you know, when I was coming out of college, trying to be a web developer, I ended up being, uh, you know, a writer and a graphic designer. And, uh, I did, I did color commentary on TV and I hosted radio shows <laughs> and, and to think about all the different things, uh, you know, I've been able to do. Um, and all around sports, it's just, it's just been, uh, definitely a blessing. And I'm just, uh, you know, super, super excited and happy about everything we've done and that you guys continue to do. Well, we're so, uh, so happy that you have gotten this much deserved recognition going into the hall of fame for the WBCA, even if it's a little earlier than, than maybe what you thought or would have liked as, as you said, someone in, in, uh, the early forties, but, uh, very, very much deserved for okay this this will be tooting our own horn that and, and don't care but we we really feel like wsn has been transformational in high school sports in wisconsin it, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it um and that started with you you're the one that that started the whole thing and had the idea and built it up and, and we continue to manage it uh going forward but um again much deserved honor going to the wbca hall of fame this year i look forward to uh, being there uh, in September, I believe, is the induction ceremony um, in, in supporting you and, and all the other great inductees that are going in. Uh, so congratulations again, Nick. Thanks for taking some time. It's always great to catch up. Always great to um, let people hear about how WSN came about and, and the twists and turns and you know, kind of unexpected nature of how things went sometimes and the people that really were supportive and helped us get to where we are today. So Thank you. Congratulations. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be in touch again and, and chatting very soon. Awesome. Thanks, Travis. Really appreciate it. Take care. Again, great to catch up with Nick and, and great to give people, a, again, a little bit more insight into the evolution of uh, WSN, where, where we started, where we went, where we came from, and in uh, a big part of how we ended up where we are today at uh, Wisports.net, the home for high school sports in the state of Wisconsin. Coming up in just a moment, we'll chat, we'll chat with uh, Beaver Dam girls basketball coach Tim Chase, who is going into the Hall of Fame this year as well. Before we do that, one more opportunity to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving. Every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. As we continue our conversation today with a couple of WBCA Hall of Fame inductees announced this week, we'll uh, join our second conversation now with the Beaver Dam girls basketball coach, Tim Chase, very successful coach over the last number of years. Coach, I appreciate you joining us here, middle of your season or, or getting towards the end part of your season, I guess, but uh, congratulations on the honor, first of all. And again, thanks for joining us on the WSN podcast. Thank you. Well, let's just give you a chance to reflect back a little bit as you uh, as you recognize and, and as you receive that uh, honor this week. Um, you know, looking back, what does it mean? What what do you take away from from that honor and that experience? Yeah, I was a little surprised first off, just because I'm still we're still coaching. I'm hoping to coach for a, a number of years yet. Uh, but yeah, it's been a you know it's, it's so many amazing people. Um, I look back how I got my start. I got my start just because Iowa made the switch from six on six to five on five girls basketball. And so uh, 
just even getting started in the field in girls basketball was quite the experience, but uh, just so many great memories over the years. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about your coaching background and, and how you got to this point. I don't know that we've ever had that conversation. How did you get into coaching? Where did you get into coaching? And what has this journey been like for you? Where have you been? Where have you gone? And, and what have you experienced? Yeah, I started out in coaching in Iowa. Like I said, they switched from six on six to five on five. So my very first teaching job, 23 years old, uh, teaching math. And they're like, we need a girls basketball coach. And I played ba baseball, basketball and football. So I was like all the sports. Uh, so I got into it. We weren't very good at all. I wasn't a very good coach then, uh, but we had a really good boys coach uh, named Bruce Chubbuck and his uh, son played at Nebraska. And he really started teaching me a lot about the game. A couple of years later, I moved back to Wisconsin and coached for seven years at Houstonsford. I uh, had a great time there, great experience. Um, really learned a lot from people like Kirk Call and Jerry Feilbach. And I came to Beaver Dam and was an assistant with both the boys and girls program for three years before I took over the head of varsity job here at Beaver Dam. I've been here for now 18 years, I think. It's a 17, 18, 17 years in my 17th year at Beaver Dam. Uh, a couple of years ago, you wrote a Coach's Corner column for us talking about how your program, which at the time was uh, beginning a dominant run of three state championships in a row, talking about how just a few years uh, before that, you had gone on a 29-game losing streak. What did it take? What went into building the program from there where it was you know, at rock bottom to becoming perhaps the best girls basketball program in the state over the last half decade or so. Yeah, I, you know, at the time, I really hadn't thought about it. We had a lot of successful seasons at Houstonsford, and when it came to Beaver Dam, a uh, coach before me, Jim Fisher, was a great man and really had done a great job with the girls program. Had got to the state championship in 1991, but we were just kind of starting over. Uh, we kind of got it passed by in some areas with youth programming and things like that. Uh, but during the varsity time, we just had a lot of kids that hadn't played a lot of basketball at a younger age. So they were just a little inexperienced when they got to the varsity level. But we just really had a dedicated group of coaches, parents that were extremely supportive. And then we did get players that were willing to put everything they possibly could in uh, to become really successful, you know, basketball players, students and, and people, uh, all that to make the program go then. And I, uh, as we talk here on a, on a Zoom call today, I see some equations in the background. I believe you're a math instructor. Is that is that right? That is correct. Yeah, so we're working on some systems of equations right now in Algebra 1 and doing some logarithms in Algebra 2 right now. The reason I bring that Fun up stuff. is, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the reason I bring that up is uh, recently you and I were part of a group um, tasked with putting together a criteria for auto seating or computer seating of the WIA postseason. Um, I, I've talked about it on, on our podcast a little bit. Mark Miller has kind of recapped it a little bit on, uh, on our site as well. But just from your experience, what was that like? What did you learn going through that process? Some of the challenges and you know, ultimately, what do you think of that, that finished product that um, right now is a finished product, but could be a work in progress as we learn more things over the next couple of years um, what was your takeaway from that experience on that committee creating that auto seating formula? Yeah, being a person who's you know really into numbers, you know I, I respect the numbers and really want to see that it work well. I think it takes a lot of human element out of things uh, and you know things like that. Uh, it's not going to be perfect necessarily. Uh, there's lots of things that kind of go into how things are determined um, and. I think the hard thing with it is people are always going to have, well, what if this happened or what if this happened? And, and that's kind of, I think, the hardest thing. But sometimes you do just kind of have to let things go. And, and eventually you do have to 
you know, get it done on the court. So, but uh, I think it's a fun process to look at. I definitely think we could add some things to make the computer uh, process with what we do along with the, with the seasons uh, really make it a special thing and help grow, you know, not only basketball, but all sports in Wisconsin. We're continuing our conversation with recently announced WBCA Hall of Fame coach from Beaver Dam, the girls team, Tim Chase. Coach, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this year's version of the Golden Beavers. Uh, you're sitting at 18 and two, I believe, as we uh, talk today, ranked uh, fifth in Division Two in the most recent WISports.net coaches poll. What's the uh, what's the outlook? What's the you know the the season summary for Beaver Dam so far this year? Yeah, you know, it was definitely a different kind of year coming in this year. We had, uh, you know, had quite a bit of graduation the previous years, had five seniors that went on to play college basketball. So a lot of kids have played with us in the past, but they were definitely going to take on different roles or bigger roles and be asked to do different things. So uh, I loved our energy this year. Uh, I think we've done a lot of things well. I still think there's a lot of things that we really need to work on that we haven't quite done what we need to do. And uh, it's just one of those things we're going to keep on working and uh, see how far we can go the rest of the year. As you look into the, uh, into the future, the last couple of weeks here, you got, uh, I think it's four games left on the, uh, on the regular season schedule. And then the postseason rolls around. What, uh, what kind of things do you still need to improve upon to, to make a, a run in that postseason? Uh, and, and maybe threaten getting back to the state tournament for the first time since, well, you would have been there in 2002, uh, excuse me, 2020. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But you know, what's it going to take to get back to Madison or excuse me, to uh, to the Rush Center? Yeah, we're just going to have to, do, you know, really continue to do everything well. Um, I like our upside. I mean, I think we we have the ability to play some really good basketball, but just consistently taking care of the ball. Uh, not turning it over and then, you know, just consistently rebounding and then um, just having every kid's got to step up and play, play solid basketball for us. So like I said, I think the biggest thing, and now that we get into February and we get into March, there's basketball. And then there's this time of year basketball where the crowds get bigger, the intensity gets bigger, uh, the importance of the games gets bigger. And it's really, you know, kind of cool to see who's going to step up and be able to make those plays when, uh, when the lights are on, as they say. Before we let you go, I do want to look back a couple years on uh, that time frame um, that we're we're approaching now, uh, postseason state tournament. You guys were were going for state history. You, you had won three state championships in a row from 2017 to 2019, matching the most girls basketball state championships in a row. You qualified for state, and then that week happens that that we all look back on with dread, um, where. First, it was limitations on the size of crowds for the sectionals, and then eventually the state tournament for the girls' team, uh, for the girls' teams, and then the shutdown after that first day of uh, of games on Thursday. Looking back, what what do you take away from that experience? What you know, how difficult was that for you and your team? And you know, just kind of give us your thoughts on on that experience from a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's looking back and I had a lot of stuff going on with my health during that time as well, which made it a little bit more of a challenge as well. Uh, we got back, you know, I kind of got back and we were excited, um, you know, to get to the tournament, played really well in regionals, really well in sectionals. So our kids were really locked into play. And then, uh, you know, on our way up, we got the news that we only could have 88 fans. So each kid can pick their four people that they wanted to have. So we did that. And, you know, Thursday night we were going through our walkthrough. So we were all set to, to get after. And I felt really good about our week of practice. And then all of a sudden we find out Thursday night that we're not going to be playing. Uh, I've always tried to coach 
control what you could control. And obviously this wasn't something we could control, uh, but our kids were pretty crushed, obviously, uh, especially our kids that had put a lot of time and effort into things and wanted to be a team to accomplish something that had never been done before at that point. So, uh, I mean, there was a lot of uh, comforting and reassuring and letting them know that they did everything they possibly could. And this was just something out of our control. Uh, one last question. One of the uh, the great players that you've had over the years was Maddie Wilkie, who unfortunately missed a good part of her senior year with uh, with injury, but is now at the University of Wisconsin. Took a redshirt year, but uh, you know how's her recovery going, and what do you expect out of her for the Badgers and new head women's basketball coach Marissa Mosley when she hits the court next year? Oh, Maddie's going to be fabulous for Wisconsin. I mean, they're they're absolutely thrilled to have her. If you go to Wisconsin game right now, you see her sitting with all the coaches down by the staff right now because she just adds so much to their to their program. I mean, Maddie's one of those kids I knew at a very young age. She just had it. I mean, she gets what's going on in the game. She's there to make her teammates better. Uh, she's going to do whatever work she possibly can to become a better player. And uh, this time has been hard for her. It's not been easy. She's a basketball player and she wants to get out there and play. Uh, but she's learned a lot as well. And uh, when she does get back, you're going to see some amazing things from her. Well, Coach Chase, we'll get, let you get back to preparations for the end of your season and hopefully a deep playoff run. Again, congratulations on a great honor as a WBCA Hall of Fame inductee for 2022. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you very soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Travis. There you go. Two great conversations with just two of 30 incredible inductees going into the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame this year. Includes some outstanding players like Mike Wilkinson from Wisconsin Heights, who I had a chance to play against in high school. Three-time Miss Basketball selection Misty Bass of Janesville Parker. Some incredible head coaches uh, going in as well, including active coaches like Coach Chase. Head coach Laura Stavnis from Madison Edgewood. Dan Witter from Wisconsin Rapids. John Myron. Now the head coach at Freedom, uh, had previously been a longtime head coach at Kimberly. Just a great group going in this year. More information on the Hall of Fame induction banquet, which will be taking place in September, will be available. You can purchase tickets through one of the inductees. Uh, I believe you can also purchase them uh, at, at some point on the WBCA website if you are interested in attending and supporting that group. It is an incredible night. I've been there uh, to those induction ceremonies and it's great to recognize those outstanding people. So again, if you want to find the full list, you can find that full list of the 30 inductees on wisports.net. That'll do it for today, though. Plenty uh, plenty in, in, the, in the can, if you will, uh, with some great conversations with uh, Coach Chase, with Nicholas Cartos, and, uh, and we'll get things wrapped up today. Looking forward to next week, we'll have a conversation, uh, you know, a little bit more about the basketball season, the end of the basketball season, uh, talking with uh, Mark Miller and or Norbert Durst, getting their insight on uh, on the end of the year, things to look forward to, and maybe a little bit of a, uh, a postseason preview as well uh, with the girls' basketball tournament coming up February 22nd, I believe, or 21st, Whatever that Tuesday is, is the uh, first day of regionals for girls basketball. So we're not very far away, just about three weeks out from the start of the girls basketball postseason. That will do it for today, though. I am Travis Wilson. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>